You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Full and Thriving Podcast. I am so happy to be back at it with another interview today with an amazing individual named Elizabeth Tripp. Elizabeth is actually a registered dietitian and nutritionist. She's a Reiki master practitioner. She's a past life regressionist and a transcendental meditation coach. And last but not least, she's also a lifestyle design coach. Elizabeth, I don't, I think I have a lot of certifications. And then when I see your resume, I am blown away by all the amazing trainings and your background. So first of all, congrats on that. And also welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Meg. What a great introduction. I really appreciate that warm welcome. And and thank you for highlighting all the the beautiful things that um, I've done. And, And really, it's amazing to bring a service to the world, which is, is truly why I love doing what I do to really awaken people to the beauty of our life adventure and the beauties of our bodies. And it's just a great passion of mine. So thank you for having me on today to share my message. Well, you are very welcome. I'm sure that my audience is going to be very curious to hear about your journey, especially with your background as uh, starting as a registered dietitian and then evolving into a more holistic spiritual approach towards the body. So I know right away, so many listeners are probably curious about what exactly is a lifestyle design coach? I love that question. Well, I really love helping people create lives that they love. And in the world of thinking about our relationship to our body and food, there are so many big things that can come up for people as it relates to self-esteem and body image and your behavior with food and your body. And what I've come to understand is that you're not really living a lifestyle you can truly love if you don't really love the person that you are and the body that you have. So in really my work of being a a lifestyle design coach, I help people love their bodies so that they can love their life and really break through the limitations that they have or the self-sabotaging behaviors that they have been struggling with so that they can fully come into a place of peace and freedom with their bodies. Because I believe we have come to our bodies for a great purpose, for a reason. We've actually chosen these bodies for ourselves. And that's a big shift in what uh, traditional well-being therapists or dietitians would uh, speak about. But it really impacts the work that I provide for people. Wow. Wow. That's really mind-blowing, I'm sure. I think a lot of people listening have never heard of that concept. You know, that we came to this earth to actually choose the bodies that we arrived in. And so my question for you is, what would make a a soul select a specific body, perhaps a body that they're going to have turmoil in and feel maybe outcasted in or not at home in, in their life? Beautiful question. Really beautiful question. And I think it's a great space to share with your listeners a little bit more about my own journey. So you can see really what I mean by the, the depth of that statement, you know, because the body is so full of so many ways to learn and grow. It's a beautiful tool for us to learn more about ourselves. And we can certainly be asking ourselves that question if in 
we're in the midst of a struggle with our body image and food and have been for a long time. So to really help your listeners really connect to the message and understand that, I'll tell you a little bit about where I began. And my adventure, Meg, uh, began all the way back when I was uh, just a tiny little girl. I was five years old. And I was a very sensitive child. And I can even remember people telling me I was super sensitive because I would cry at the drop of a dime or I would, you know, really, really be inquisitive with others about how they were feeling. It was like as though I could just feel and sense everybody's emotions. And being the youngest of of four children, my parents were, you know, middle-class Americans, and they were always trying to do best for the family, put food on the table, work extra hard to make sure we had clothes and and could get the latest styles and have Mm -hmm. the, the trips that we wanted. So they were really busy and my house was really busy. And there was a lot of the normal family dynamics of fighting and you know, older brothers kind of not getting along with the other brother. <laughs> and I had no idea how to make sense of all that was really feeling so big around me. Yeah. And when I needed sort of a comfort for myself, I looked around and I was watching my parents using food as comfort, like many of us can imagine or see or remember our own parents doing. And so I found myself in the kitchen as a little kid, just, you know, reaching for the Oreos or grabbing the Pringles or making the ramen noodles. And it seemed to be able to quiet the anxiety and sort of the feeling of overwhelm that was becoming more natural for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Meg, as I did that, my little body became a big body Mm -hmm. and I got a belly and I remember being in the third grade Mm -hmm. and I was at a swim party for a friend and I remember a little girl pointing at my belly and saying, you have a big belly. And I remember looking down and thinking, oh, I guess I do. (laughs) And that was the first time I remember being conscious of my body image Mm. and taking her opinion or her own sort of observation of my body and making it mean like, hmm, maybe there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have something that's not quite right in comparison to other girls. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, can remember looking around thereafter and starting to notice that I did have a bigger body. And that I wasn't small like the other girls in my class. And that began sort of this very uh, tenuous relationship with myself as it relates to my body. I can remember feeling like I was more self-conscious and more careful about how I related to my peers because I started to get teased. And the kids at school really were relentless especially in middle school. Mm -hmm. So I can remember in middle school, a time that really shifted uh, my, my perception of myself. And that was in about the seventh or eighth grade. And I remember standing, I was about the height I am today, five, six, no, you know, not huge by any means or, or standard, but big as a, as a kid in relationship to the other girls in my grade. And I remember walking into school that day and I was heading towards my locker. I remember doing the combination and opening up my locker door and a a note flew down from the locker. And I remember picking it up and opening it up. And there was this hand-drawn image of a bus. And on it, it said, Elizabeth is as big as a bus. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. oh, that's very cruel and mean to say, especially if you're a middle schooler getting that message. Yeah, it was so hard. And I remember looking at that image and I could hear the laughing of the boys behind me. And these were a group of boys that had bullied me for a couple of years. And it was that day as these tears were kind of streaming down my eyes and I felt so embarrassed, so ashamed. I thought, wow, being big is so bad. I accepted that I would never be beautiful. 
it was just so clear for me that there was something that I had to fix about myself. And it was after that experience, you know, going home and not knowing how to talk about it, not knowing how to share, I decided that I would get on a treadmill and I would lose weight. You know, it, it was the beginning of what I would call that pattern of disordered behavior with myself. Um, you know, and, and I got on that treadmill and, and I speak about this as though I ran up until I was 30 years old, just about five years ago, I stopped running. Um, but I hopped on that treadmill in, in the eighth grade and I never got off for 30 years mm-hmm. because I ran to actually fix myself, to, you know, prove that I could be beautiful and that I could have a standard body shape and size of at, at the time when I was growing up, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears and, you know, all the early 2000 pop stars. Yet, you know, Meg, and I know you could probably relate as your listeners, even when I got beautiful, even though that appeared to be a beautiful body in front of all my peers, guys were wanting to date me and ask me out. I still had these ugly thoughts. I still had these ugly ways that I would talk and and think about myself. Mm -hmm. And so for that remainder, what was it, like 16, 17 years, even though I appeared to be fit and strong and healthy and appeared to be this, you know, beautiful to the eyes of others, I struggled for so long to actually think that I was beautiful and that I had a body that I could really accept and love. Mm-hmm. So really, as I turned into an adult and began to think about what could be my career, I had already spent, you know, five, six years as a, as a teenager studying food and counting calories and, and, and really being, you know, hyper aware of how to fix myself so that others could accept me. I thought, well, why not be a dietitian? You know, I would love to help people with this struggle. So I studied, went to school, took all these tests, went and did a residency, got a certification, and I moved to New York City. And I remember getting a job at a prestigious hospital, Mount Sinai, and working in a private clinic one-on-one. And I felt like a fraud because here I was, Meg, giving people diet plans and asking them to try to fix themselves through their behavior with food. And only to see them struggle and feel like they weren't enough, a failure, they had done something wrong, or that really there was something wrong with them for being the shape and size that they were. And here I was feeling the same way and trying to put on a smile on my face and coach them along. And I thought, there's something deeper here. There's something more to what's going on for this person and myself. But... I actually had to go through something personal that would bring me to a place where I could transform my own understanding of myself. Mm -hmm. And so while I was in New York, I had met somebody in a relationship we were in for several years, but it was very, very, very hard. A lot of on and off, a lot of back and forth, a lot of emotion. One day, just about as I was nearing my 30th birthday, he said, I can't do this anymore. And made the choice to cut out our, our connection from, from our sort of relationship. And it catapulted me to go to like rock bottom with myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at rock bottom and thinking, wow, life is so hard. I don't love what I do. People uh, have difficulties loving me. I can never get someone to stay with me in a relationship. I'm always being broken up with. And I I, I am just feeling so out of place in life. And I, I don't even like who I am. And these were really very, very scary thoughts for me to have because I started to think like, what's the point of being here? You know, if this is the way it's going to be. And so I remember a friend 
just a very fateful afternoon as I was sort of locked away in my apartment. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to eat anything. I didn't want to, you know, I was drinking and kind of numbing myself from the world. She said, you know, I'd really want you to meet someone. They're a healer. And I think they could really help you. And so there was this small voice inside my head that said, just go. What do you have to lose? And lo and behold, that decision transformed my life. Because the day I met my now mentor, he was able to just in that first meeting, reach me in a place that I had never been reached before. And when I met him, it was though he looked at me not just as a human being, but as this beautiful soul that was looking to find its power. And in fact, he even said, you've been wanting to be powerful for a long time, haven't you? And these tears just streamed down my face because I thought, I have. And in that session, he was able to help me actually get to and understand that day in middle school where that boy or group of boys had teased me and the meaning I had made of it in regards to how I saw myself in my body, mm. how I had chosen that I was ugly or accepted that about myself just based off of how they treated me. And he said, you don't have to think that way anymore unless you want to. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could let that go? And we even went a little bit into a space of looking at, you know, when I was little, and I needed the comfort looking for the food and see what I did. And we let it all go. And I have not looked back since. And now my relationship with food has actually transformed. And my relationship to my body has completely shifted. I no longer binge eat. I no longer restrict. I simply allow myself to have the foods that I love and enjoy. And my body tells me what it needs, what it loves, what it doesn't. And I can now really celebrate the body shape and size that I'm in. Mm. So that's the story. I know that was that a little long, but I hope that, that that was able to paint the picture as to how my body helped me learn my beauty. Mm. And to really love myself, which is why I understand the body to be a tool for us to learn and grow on our journeys here. Well, that was such a beautiful story. I know that it's very relatable. I think a lot of us have that moment you can point back to and say that was when everything shattered, you know, where my self-esteem shattered or my body image fell apart. And yeah. a struggle ever since. It was really amazing that you found that healer who could point that out to you and say, you know, yeah. you have an empowered decision to make. You can continue choosing this belief about yourself or you can let it go now. And what it sounds like is you were able to really let that go. Yeah. Amazingly, he had a beautiful way of working with me and a beautiful way of helping me see what I had made meaning of that situation to myself mean. And um, from that point forward, we actually continued our work together. And he was able to help me understand the gift of being so empathic and my ability to really help and, and hold space for people. And he said, you know, you can actually create a, a lifestyle where you love what you do and do what you love. And you can really answer the call of what you're here to do is help people love themselves and their life too. And I thought that's what I would love to do. Mm -hmm. And we began to create the life by design and lifestyle coaching and bringing in the elements of what we would call the traditional sense of understanding the body physiologically but from a spiritual capacity, opening up my ability to work with people in a way to really help them see who they really are. So here we are five years later doing that, doing just that. So it's exciting. <laughs> it absolutely is. I, I am 
very excited to hear like how you've been able to impact people and really show people that journey towards self-love and bring that yeah. into their lives. When someone comes to you, yeah, self-doubt and poor body image, how do you help them see that mind-body connection so that they yeah. fully transform and heal? Beautiful. I love that question, which is um, a great sort of space to share a client story. Um, had a client come to me a, a couple years ago, and she was very distressed. She was really anxious and, and overwhelmed. She had been struggling with her, her body image and was coming up against these kind of hard relationships. You know, it's like, ah, we work with people whom we've been in our past. As I know I can help her. But so she was struggling to, to find a steady relationship and feel as though she was worthy to be in one. And in our, in our work together, it was just this gentle and beautiful process. I began to help her kind of go back and start to look at her own life experience. You know, where had she started to feel overwhelmed and sort of anxious and out of control in herself? Because it was what was leading to her pushing the food in and then ultimately feeling uncomfortable in her body shape and skin. So we helped her see that there was actually an experience where she was really um, early on in a young age where a family member had had uh, a sudden passing. Someone had died in her family and nobody really educated her about what was going on. So it seemed so big and scary. And I helped her actually see how in that moment, she kind of disconnected from her body because it felt so big. It was like, what is death? How do, where, what does that mean? And where did this person go? And because her family was so sad and they didn't themselves know how to talk about it, no one really held space for her. So she actually felt so overwhelmed. She started to what we call disassociate or, or kind of try to get out of the body a little bit, mm -hmm. actually a lot of it. And so I actually had to help her see that that had happened and that it was okay for her to come back into her body and that she could have calm in her mind so that she could feel safe and relaxed. And that's when she actually started to dissolve the binge eating and dissolve the desire to want to go overboard or comfort with food. So we had this beautiful experience that she could see where it all happened and then claim something new as she let it all go and be calm within. So it's this beautiful process that happens for people. So now she doesn't actually have that really difficult relationship with herself because she is in her body and she feels calm in her mind. And imagine when you feel that way, right? You actually don't always want to push things in or, or disconnect from yourself because you feel pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. So when someone is disconnected from their body, yeah, I mean, a lot of people want to disconnect. They hate their body. Yeah. They don't feel at home. How can someone go about finding that sense of peace within their body? Yeah, well, that's a, it's a journey. But peace is something that, that comes with within. Peace is something that comes from within. And the process, like I said in, in, a, in another client example, you know, another story here, is really, I remember a client coming in and, and she feels very out of sync with wanting to even feel like she can look at herself in the mirror, right? She feels really um, out of alignment with even looking at her, her body. And so there's, there's no sense of freedom for her to be able to even look in the mirror and enjoy what she sees. So I remember her coming to me and, and saying, I just, I haven't been able to look in the mirror for like years. And so in this beautiful space, you know, we are holding that place for her and we go back, as you notice, I do a lot of going back and looking and I said, well, when did you first start? being afraid to see yourself. And 
she really talked about how while she was in the dressing room at like uh, uh, Macy's or uh, Lord and Taylor when she was six, she remembers her mom trying to button a dress up. And the mom was saying, I can't believe you're so big. These buttons don't snap. What is wrong with you? Mm. And it was like, oh, all of a sudden she, her whole body started to feel like shaky and like overwhelmed. And it was that peace and feeling calm and relaxed to be with herself and look at herself or have the freedom to do that all went out the window because she thought, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And that was just something that had brought so much impact to her that to this day had become so overwhelming for her to even see mirrors or even walk in the streets of New York with the glass, you know, and you could see your reflection. She didn't even like doing that either. So it became so big. But once we actually saw the meaning she made of that and how it had in her little girl self made her feel, she could let it go. Mm-hmm. And now look in the mirror and feel over some time. This was, you know, over a couple of, you know, nice, long, good sessions together over about you know, three to six months. She could start looking in the mirror again. Mm-hmm. She could start looking at her body again. She had spent so long not wanting to even look at it or even be even aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it's very powerful to be able to go back to those moments and see where your beliefs were formed and that those new beliefs were reinforced to the point where you're holding on to them for years and years and you can no longer look at yourself in the mirror, which is really sad. I see that all the time with my own clients and it does take a lot of reckoning and then choosing new beliefs. And it was funny while you were talking, I actually had an experience that was very empowering where sometimes I wish, you know, how I'm sure you, I've had an episode on this. So I'm sure some of the clients that are listening or those listening have heard about like the inner parent and like parenting your child. And I feel like in these moments where you've had those negative comments thrown at you, it would be very useful to go back and parent your younger self or step in and explain something that can free them before they take on those really negative beliefs. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, interesting because while you were talking, I remember a moment where when I had my eating disorder, I was, and this could have probably reinforced more disordered behaviors or negativity, but someone's comment actually freed me which mm. that's a lot too. I remember yeah. being in a dressing room because I was doing modeling back in New York City. Yeah. I was trying on these pants. They yeah. were Prada pants, really cool designer. And I remember being already so self-loathing loathing and hating my body. I was like, I just wish I had a smaller size. Like I wish I could fit into these pants. And then the stylist said, girl, let's just find you better pants. Mm. And like she took it and like gave me that empowering statement. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which for me was like, yeah, you know what? Hmm, like those pants, screw those pants. Let's find better pants. And it just yes. it saved Absolutely. So it's interesting how Absolutely. in those moments, you know, you can be really disempowered or there are people who can empower you. So when, you know, in those moments, what can you say to yourself or to your younger child so that you do become a more empowered version of yourself? Yeah. Well, I love that because it's, it, it's really holding space for uh, a a perspective that I hold too, which is that everything really does happen for a good reason and and on purpose. Mm. And even the people in our life that uplift us, Ah, they can freshen our perspective and really empower us as you're speaking in your own experience. And equally, even those who have disempowered or really brought us down, they serve in both ways opportunities for us to see ourselves, who we really are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a space where you're, you're really struggling with what you call an inner bully, Often the best approach to that is to begin to start to just slow down 
and find a practice where you can calm your mind and really connect with your, what I call inner brilliance, Mm. the part of you that is whole and healed and healthy and really beautiful just as you are. And yeah, that means that that's going to take some, what I call pumping of the muscle, because in the beginning, it can feel like, ah, this thing is on really, really loud volume. But that's just because you're getting aware of how much you've been allowing it running your world, the little kind of little you running the world that took everybody's own opinion or reaction or mean bully words that they may have said to you and you're mimicking them in your mind. Yeah. And that is where the true work comes, I think. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Really finding that permission to be kind to yourself and then actually opening up to that kindness. Cause I know those with eating disorders, their inner bully is, on another level it's like and also their fear they've learned that they will be they will not belong they will not be loved if they were to gain weight or if they were or they couldn't control their body so it's very scary for people to make that change even though there's light at the end of the tunnel and they can see the light taking a step forward is terrifying it can feel that way and and something to offer the communities you know oftentimes we can't know freedom with ourselves until we know what it feels like to be trapped Mm. and we can't know beauty in ourselves until we really know feeling ugly in ourselves Mm. And so it's this space that we can greet ourselves in knowing that our current experience is here for a purpose and that we are here in this, what can feel like a really hard, very challenging experience with ourselves, but to know the other part of who we are, which isn't what you're currently in. It's only a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so that can often sometimes just support someone through maybe those difficult days or those really challenging moments, knowing that as they commit and keep going through what they're experiencing, there's something on the other side. There's light to the darkness always mm-hmm. on the other side. I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Would you say, cause I know you have, studied past lives and kind of like the soul's journey. Would you say that struggling with an eating disorder and body image is a very human experience versus soul? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so is it a very human experience and versus a soul experience? Yeah. Let me answer it this way. It is a human experience because we have human body, right? And we have a human mind. And so like we're hearing at really young ages, we can be very um, impacted by other people's reactions or opinions to our body shape and size. And it's a natural reaction for a human to compare. You know, I have long fingers, they have short, or I have big feet, they have little, or I am tall and they're shorter. So we do that naturally. But the part about it being in a a sort of soul uh, experience in in the same breath, well, there's actually something that our brilliant self or our higher self or soul self, as we could call it, wants us to see and know and understand about ourselves through the experience we're having with ourselves in our body. Mm. Um, And like I referenced just a few moments ago, if we don't how can we know ourselves to be beautiful if we don't actually know ourselves to be ugly or mm. to feel shame? How do we know then to feel proud? Mm. So as interesting as that might sound, it allows for us to see that there's a brilliant part of ourselves that actually wants us to evolve and grow and learn through the experiences we have with our body. Because mm. think about it, Meg, our body goes through everything. Mm-hmm. Our body is with us our entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And essentially from birth to, to death, but it hears everything. It 
it knows all the things that we've been through and it's a part of holding space for all of our conversations and all of our interactions. So it knows everything about you. And so it's here in this current experience with you as you're struggling because it really loves you and it wants you to know how much it is here for you. Mm-hmm. Even if you really can't feel that way, it's the only friend that you're ever going to truly have this long lasting partnership with. <laughs> you don't get another body. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing to think about. You know, it's like you're a lot of our struggles come back to just the learning that your body is here for you throughout it all. And it's time yeah. to, you know, it's better to find peace with it, you know, when you can versus spend your whole life struggling. Right. Because I always say this to people, you're worth it, you know, and, and people can take that and they may in- intellectually understand that, but you are truly worth it. Mm-hmm. And your worth and your your uh, value could never really truly be measured on your weight, shape, and size mm-hmm. because it's beyond what you even could imagine in your mind's eye. You are so special. You are so incredible. You are so beautiful. And when you really can embrace that, you will be able to then be free from that measurement being a standard of who you really are. Absolutely. And I do think for those who sometimes going through an eating disorder is what shows you your value and your worth and how brilliant you are. Because I know that when I went through my eating disorder and got out the other side, that was when I really recognized my value and my worth. Cause I was like, I yes. went through that. Like I did that thing where I recovered and now Beautiful. I feel like a wise, yeah. I was like, now I feel like a wise old woman. And yeah. suddenly I was given the gifts of compassion and flexible thinking and just self forgiveness and also non-judgment for other people. It's like, Sometimes you're given this body and your body struggles so that you come out the other side learning all the gifts that will take you through to a better life. Thank you. That's a beautiful way of understanding how our brilliant self really chooses our body (laughs) to learn and grow. You said it so beautifully. Well, thank you. It's all because you've been, I've been thinking about all this while you've been talking. (laughs) And very true. I think we're all given our dark moments, you know, our dark moments to grow. And if your soul is struggling with body image and size and all of that, it's, you're meant to learn something. And yes, chances are, if you're still struggling, you just you just haven't completely reached that learning yet. But you Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. You, you're just inside of the experience that's very important for you. And, and truly the, the biggest step you can take forward is support and, and finding someone that can shine a light in, in your experience to help you on your journey get to the other side. Mm, absolutely. As a coach yourself, yeah, I know that you help people a lot with loving their bodies and also designing a life that is beautiful for them. Yeah. Do you believe that someone in the midst of a struggle can truly design a life that they love or do they have to have everything figured out before they can start designing their best life? Well, like we're speaking about the struggles here for a reason it's here for what I call a good reason. So we can absolutely, uh, we can be on our path in struggle because the struggle, like we're saying is part of opening up to the experience of who we really are. What's on the other side, you know, the, the being, uh, the beratement to the compassion that you experience the, you know, feeling, you know, small and disempowered to the powerful wise you that you've become and now holding space for your clients. So you're always on your journey 
Um, and you can always begin your path of designing a life that you're truly loving and that brings you a sense of joy. And that begins the moment you're willing to be able to get to the root of or the bottom of the struggle that you're in and, and be able to see the, the real meaning of it, the superpowers that can emerge as you see why. Why am I doing this? And why is this happening to me? Because I think uh, our, our thoughts are things. And when we have beautiful thoughts, we have a beautiful life. Mm. So we just want to get to, why haven't your thoughts been beautiful? Mm. And let's flip the script. Let's tell ourselves a new story. And that's how we get in our design here on, on what we call path of our highest, most brilliant self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what a lot of what you do, it sounds like is really work on that internal mindset shift and figuring out the why of where, why they're so stuck and what their inner voice is saying and, and choosing to shift that. Yeah, well, it that's yes, it's that is definitely a good way to um, interpret what I do, and also the element of of working on what I call that soul level, uh, that that level of knowing that all is happening in your life for that good reason, and we just want to look into what it is you need to learn and grow from this experience, and by doing that, we need to look at what you're thinking and why you're thinking that, mm-hmm. and help you understand that what you've been saying and thinking is actually what is creating the life that you're not loving. Mm -hmm. And so in order for you to love your life and design one that feels really good for you, I want to help you learn the soul lesson as I support you to flip your own internal script and, and create a new story because that's what creates that uh, ease in that design process. So it's a really innovative approach that I bring in. Okay. When someone's learning that soul lesson, like, I'm just curious. Yeah. There's been points in my life where I believe I like, I'm like, I for sure know why I'm struggling. I know what I need to learn from this, but I don't, but then like, I got all that. Yeah. And I still don't want to make change. I'm still scared. Uh Uh-huh. Stuck. It's yeah. like kind of a stagnant place because you're like, I think I got this lesson figured out. I know why I'm here. Yeah. But I also am terrified and I don't know. Yeah. What to do. Have you ever come across that uh, with those that you work with? Absolutely. Which is, is totally a normal part of being human. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're by nature, you know, uh, we have our own stubborn ways. We have our own sort of, you know, uh, monkey mind, I call it, that likes to tell us that, you know, you've got it all. What, what more do you need to do? Um, and uh, that little friend of ours in our mind that, you know, is kind of bouncing around in the canopies. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just protecting us and, and um, we, we need to honor the, our sometimes pace and process and just allow for ourselves to be in, in the experience that we're going through. And, and if anything, Meg, if you really can't figure out why this is still happening, it's so beautiful to be able to say, you know, I think I'll ask somebody who could give me some insider tips or some pointers on this so that I can see outside of what my own perspective is able to handle or, or understand. Mm-hmm. And that's where sometimes things can get unlocked a lot quicker and start kind of moving on a pace that you really uh, feel comfortable with. Mm, that is a really good point. And I think that's why people like you and myself have our careers because yeah. people come to us and we be that neutral source that can yeah. guide someone to their realization yeah. learning a little bit sooner or maybe with a little bit more courage than if they were to go about it on their own. Yeah, which is a lesson in itself. How many people are afraid to ask for help? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I was. Yeah. And and so it's this beautiful space of well help can actually be a beautiful opportunity for you to understand who you really are and why you're here. And what is it that you're coming to this beautiful life journey to share with others or experience? Because life is really about living that 
joy and having that freedom with yourself. It doesn't have to be hard and challenging all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, sometimes we'll get caught up in feeling like things are always hard. And sometimes it's good to take a step back and ask yourself, how can I bring more ease into my life? And how can I make my life easier for myself? You know, I, it doesn't have to be so complicated or hard. It doesn't because it, I'm thinking of something that I think will be useful for people to hear is the most powerful relationship you're ever going to have is the one with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you can cultivate a relationship with yourself where you can honor the experiences that you yourself are going through and the ebbs and flows and the and the, just the natural rhythm of life, which is often challenge, pain, hurt, joy, celebration, happy, challenge, pain, back to joy. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of what we call the game of life is. Mm-hmm. And when we can see the, the silliness in that or that, that it doesn't have to be as big and as dramatic as we may um, in our mind perceive it, mm-hmm. we can actually bring that lightness and that silliness in the play as though we're playing the Morton Bradley, you know, game life. Yeah. We're just riding around and, and picking cards and, and going where exactly where we need to in order to, to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. I do like making things like I do like the reminder that things do not have to be so heavy. You know, you can see the lightness in things and it's possible to recognize that in your own life just by taking a few step backs back and seeing you know, maybe this isn't so scary. Maybe this isn't a big, as big of a deal as I think. Like, for instance, maybe this extra snack on my meal plan isn't actually going to ruin my life. Or, yes. you know, maybe this extra pound on the scale that I'm, you know, restoring, maybe this isn't going to actually be so earth shattering. And just recognizing, you know, there's room for lightness here, room for flexibility being open to seeing what what happens when I take on that perspective instead. Beautiful. And even tapping into, you know, I love the new movie Souls that came out in the Disney Pixar. Oh, have you seen it? I haven't, but it, I saw that that was out and I was like, ooh, that looks like a good one. It looks like it's a good cute. You know, and, and what you're, sh- you're sharing is like, you know, taking the, the bigness out of these, what we would consider big leaps for certain people. You know, it, sometimes it takes just kind of taking ourselves out of what, what the everyday experience seems for us and re- recognizing, oh my gosh, wow, there's something so incredibly, you know, more powerful and bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And it can take just watching kind of that kind of Disney Pixar movie, or it can go looking up at the stars at nighttime or, you know, really adventuring into, you know, what is um, something that could invite, you know, a higher than me or a bigger than me sort of, you know, um, experience into my life, because that can kind of help us make more sense of what we experience every day. Yeah, what we, what we meet in our everyday life. I really like that. I never thought of it like that, like bringing in those bigger than me experiences, seeking them out. Something I never really thought about before, but it would be really empowering to ask yourself, like, what are the things that remind me that I'm here for something bigger or that yes. I'm living for something bigger than my current struggles or my current little worries? Exactly. And and they may even feel like big worries or big struggles. But if we can tap into anything that we can do that can connect us to the inner brilliance, the bigger than us ourselves, the what we can also call soul self, we can then be able to bring in sort of that element of seeing that that life here in our everyday experience is a lot smaller than what yeah. truly the big the big scheme of it all is. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. Um, And we are coming up towards the end of our time, Elizabeth. But before I really let you go, I am dying to know, do you have anything that you connect with that reminds you that the world is really bigger and beautiful than yourself, you know, that gets you into that big picture thinking? 
Yeah. You know, nature is, is something that is one of those things that really brings me to that bigger, bigger space within my heart center. So I love walking out in nature. I love going to the beach and in that space, I'm able to really quiet myself within and connect to that brilliance. And just as like this, ah, uh, and it allows me to really feel that, ah, uh, you know, Bringing this service to the world is is the biggest joy of my life. And knowing that something bigger than myself has called me to do that is what really makes life so beautiful for me. So a walk in nature or swim in the ocean is how I connect to that. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Elizabeth, it has been a true joy to yes, connect with you today and chat with you and um, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask, how can those listening reach out to you or access your content or your services sure. in case yeah. they're, they're really resonating with you? Absolutely. Well, I love community. So I have started a community on Facebook. It's called Empowered Souls. And it's just a beautiful space for people to come in safely and know that there are like-minded, they're, they're really curious about the, you know, the bigger than me kinds of concepts in life. And they want to really begin the journey of loving themselves more and loving their bodies. And so I invite people to come over to Empowered Souls and, and you can find that on Facebook. Just look it up mm -hmm. or um, you can get a link to it on my Instagram, which is an Elizabeth M. Trip, and you can find all the different different pathways for us to connect, but we'd love to have you over at our community. Oh, amazing. Well, we love community too. So yeah. that's such a wonderful invitation. Thank you so much. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been You're welcome to talk with you. Yeah. I'm again, so grateful for you, uh, you know, extending the invitation and it's been a beautiful talk. So thank you so much. You're very welcome.